Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. Hey, hello, everyone in the dance physical therapist group. I still have the same technical problem with this coming up as Jenna Cavanaugh. That is my married name. Cantor, please refer to me as that. That is what I like to go by. And that was a big thing when I got married. Anyway, I wanted to pop on tonight with Dr. Danielle. Oh, my God. I'm totally going to just call you Dr. Danielle. You sound like a TV show. Like, <laughs> I know. we're popping on because we ended up getting into a really interesting conversation about a patient of hers that was super interesting who had a hip labral repair and what the journey was would you mind just giving some background information on this dancer sure so The dancer was dancing at a professional dance company. She's 18 um, and she started to have left-sided hip pain bothering her with developing to the front, developing to the side, um, not as much to the back, but it got to the point where it was so debilitating that she had to stop dancing. Um, She ended up coming to the hospital that I currently work at and started working with one of the PTs there. They tried conservative management for about six weeks. It was getting a little bit better with basic ADLs, but it would still bother her Mm. anytime she went to do something Mm -hmm. dance specific. So we have a really great hip surgeon at the hospital that I'm at. So he recommended a hip surgery for a labral repair. Um, So that's what they went through and did. Um, So it's a pretty big surgery for someone who's, you know, kind of at the beginning of the peak of their career, but She's been doing great so far. So, Yeah. And what, why the surgery? Why the surgery? I'm just saying because of research yeah. regarding hip labral repairs, this is always a very big decision. Do they have the surgery? Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't there at the very beginning. So I think it's hard for me to say exactly why they chose to do it. I think, she had just been in pain for about six months by the time they chose to do the surgery. And she was just getting stuck every time she went to do anything high level. And I know the physical therapist who worked with her at the beginning and he worked like endlessly to try to get the hip mobility back, get her stronger. And it just, it didn't seem to work. Um, 
And I think we as physical therapists have a really hard time recognizing when those patients might need surgery. And we try to do all that we can to keep them away from the surgery. But there have been successful labral repair surgeries in very high-level dancers like Wendy Whalen. So I think I think that's why they chose to go through with it. She was young enough that she still has 10 years of life left, you know, in the uh, world. I, at least. I have two questions so. for the people. So not, not everybody knows who Wendy Whelan is. So first, first explain that. And then the second one I'll get to about the hip labor work compare. <laughs> so yeah, Wendy Whelan? Um, she is huge in the dance world. She is a older professional dancer. I believe she danced for New York City Ballet. I don't think she danced for ABT. I could be off, but she went very public with the fact that she had a hip surgery. And I think it made a lot more dancers feel comfortable with going through with a surgery because she documented the whole thing on a documentary. And I know a lot of my students ended up watching it and being like, it'll be okay. Like if that has to happen, like they understand that it's possible. So. That's cool. Yeah. She's also special because mm -hmm. she danced to a very late age. She's an unusual mm -hmm. in regards to the length of her career in ballet. So right. that's why Wendy Whelan is right. just a name to know because she's kind of defined a lot of odds regarding all the contortioning and things that mm -hmm. we do in ballet. People usually retire a lot sooner. Do you know how, how old was she when she retired? I want to say in her 40s. I want to say early 40s. Um, it might have been later than that. But she was she was up there. She know? was up there. I, I remember she was up there. Oh, my God. She's still going. And I had already, like, retired. <laughs> I was like, right. whoa, my God. Yeah, really impressive. All right. Yeah. And the next and question. She's amazing. Where, where was the location of the tear? The tear was, um, like, anterolateral for her hip. Mm -hmm. And then when they went in and did the surgery, they found that she had two huge cam lesions, like huge. Mm -hmm. um, and I told Jenna this, but they ended up having to do more to her hip than they thought. They thought it was just a singular tear in the anterolateral aspect. And then they ended up having that one and then a little one in the front when they went in. And then those two cam lesions. I will say when they looked at the other hip, I think they found pretty similar things which begs the question of, will she start having pain in her other hip down the line? And then what's going to be the solution then? Um, yeah, it's going to be surgery yeah. again. I think that's a hard, hard How has the healing been for her hip labrum? Was it in the, an area where she's getting enough blood to the area to help it fully be good? Yes, it was not. <laughs> it was in, yeah. <laughs> it was. So it was towards the outside of the labrum, which is, you know, it has good blood flow. So I think they were optimistic that that portion could heal. Um, yeah. And she has been doing well. I've been working with her for about a month and she was working with another therapist before that for about three months. So she's four months out now and we're now getting back into like getting into the arabesque position, you know, working working on passe, working on like developing to the front without getting that pinching sensation and trying to find strategies that we can work towards those more provocative positions for her. So when working with her on the developes, where were you seeing in her technique? She had some things that could be fixed in order to help prevent continued aggravation on that labrum. Well, to be honest, she is a beautiful dancer. There's not much that I could correct. Um, 
we almost had to regress it back to just plie mechanics though because her like many other high level dancers are just corkscrewing at their knees with a lot of lumbar extension just to like force that 180 degree turnout that we all want um but she was even getting pinching in like grand plie in fifth position so we had to work on that getting the pelvis in a neutral position getting her to turn out from her hips and not just from her ankles so, and then um, once we got that yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah once we were able to do that the developers came pretty beautifully it, a little bit of hip hiking but not terrible you know, okay. Thankfully, she was so, so, so there is because you're saying perfect because it's easy to get so enraptured in the beauty of what she's able to create, but she was hip hiking. Okay, mm-hmm. so that that's mm-hmm. like I'm just saying this out loud for people to just start thinking, even it's just a little bit, and and even if within her plie, you know, she doesn't have that neutral, she knew we need to fix that neutral just a little bit. That can clearly cause that aggravation. Mm-hmm over time. What about from right. her? Um, how was her on her supporting side when doing develop pay? And I, I, I focus on the develop pay right now just because of the location mm-hmm. that we're there. But on a supporting side, how was she withholding up the length? Was there any leaning of that kind or um, types of compensations to help make it happen that could be fixed? I think the biggest compensation on the standing side was just some internal rotation of the standing leg. So she would develop a, and then as she would develop a, that standing leg would just rotate in, Um, especially when she was going towards arabesque, she would just like rotate in right away. And we really had to cue her to like spin the femur out, you know, use the glute muscle and not just dump in to that motion, which is so easy, even for, I'm sure you and I, if we were to go to do that and to not think about our supporting leg, we would probably make the same fault. So oh, girl. I mean, I mean, it was so much easier when I was younger. <laughs> I still hadn't perfected it. You know, now at 40, I'd be like, what? <laughs> no, I walked stairs today. I, I got a sweat on. Very different. Everyone, feel free to say hi if you're on right now and start asking any questions that you want for clarification. If you are catching the replay, hit replay and feel free to just tag Danielle and ask further questions and stuff just to better learn. It's just a discussion. Literally, we're just two people talking right now. Yes, we are both doctors of physical therapy, but this is just to really make this very humane. You know, not to... I'm okay. We're normal. We just talk. All right. Yeah. So uh, how is she doing with uh, her level of encouragement, discouragement? How is she holding up? That's a great question. Um, I think we both know when injury happens, how much psychological, you know, issues start to develop. Um mm-hmm. With her, we've had to use a lot of mental imagery to get her to picture herself back where she was because I think she struggles to see the light at the end of the tunnel because this rehab process is likely going to be so long. Um, We even talked about going to see like performances by the Houston Ballet, which is a beautiful company. I love them. And just like getting her like, yeah, getting her back in the dance world, which is her true love and I think we, we as physical therapists are tasked to address the psychological component as well as the physical component, you know? Yeah. So. And then how is her eating? How are her eating habits? 
That's funny. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> not scared to ask them things though, because that could even spark more eating disorder yes. habits when they go home. So it's it's not easy, right? And we, yeah, we've talked about we've talked about it, and I know she has been working with one of the dietitians at the hospital to address that. Um, I think she's not eating as many calories as she should be, and with my last discussion about it to her. She didn't really understand the concept that if she is not fueling her body, she will not be able to perform, you know, as optimally as we want. And she won't be able to build muscle and restore her tissues for the next PT visit. And I think once we put it in that scope of how calorie intake can limit performance, she took it more seriously. But she still is very weight focused. Like I know she weighs herself. I know she has a goal weight and I know that is a thing in the dance world because it is, it really, I was at level, I really had the same Brian, thing. This is profile. Oh, sorry. God forbid. There's a button. Like this is how they want you to look <laughs> true. And, and if you start to right. get any curve, it's like <gasps> ruins the aesthetic. It's a thing. Yeah. That's where, where right. so, I mean, comes in. Cause when you look at her, she's in such great shape, you know, to an outside eye, they're like, what are you talking about? She looks great. I don't understand. But the fact that she even has a butt of any kind, and it's not just a board mm-hmm. is stepping outside of the box, her having like musculature and not just looking thin and wavy, which is the aesthetic is different and outside of the box. It's a very big thing. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we could ever get rid of that mindset. I think, I think the challenge in the nutrition field regarding working with dancers, this is out of our scope now, just saying this, admitting, um, admitted, admittedly, um, the, the, the challenge with nutritionists is how to respect the weight they need to be in or work with the director. I don't know. There's so, there's so much there. There's so much there regarding the weight and that look. Um, but uh, but find that balance where they get that um, motivation and understanding at the same level to like find a middle ground at the very least at the very least a middle ground. Right. Um, we're very right. very very far from that, unfortunately. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I think we are very far, very far, very far. But that is where for all of us physical therapists. You should all, we should all have, and it's okay if you don't right now and you go, oh, okay, that I will get one. We should, we should know a nutritionist, even if it's not an in-person, somebody who did offers virtual, get anything, anyone, um, uh, that, that should right. be a definite referral in our pocket, including a psych- psychologist, definitely having that in our pocket. Um, and especially with this girl having to wait and everything, I'm sure her not getting to move as much is making her eating habits possibly worse right now because she wants to keep her weight down. I think from her perspective, she feels that she is not performing activity at such a high level. Mm-hmm. So in her mind, she should be restricting calories, right? Because she's not expending like she was. And so I get that. She, I get that from the, I, I get that as a performer. Yeah. That's hard. That's a, that's a hard one to figure out. And that's where, you know, for her to have access of some kind. And I, I 
I mean, I know I'm starting off topic, but I don't care. Um, I really wish that there was more access for these performers because they get paid so, so little. And this girl, she's 18. So I'm guessing, I'm assuming her parents are helping her out. But even when in a company, their their reimbursement is so low. I, I remember having friends at San Francisco Ballet and they were working at Starbucks as well during their off time. They were in the quarter ballet. Right. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we're going so sad, but yeah. So going back to that, I know a big question that a lot of students ask people who are less familiar, they're like, what exercises, what exercises don't gloss over this. So can you go into like beginning exercises and then talk through the progressions that you made with this particular patient, even though we know, of course, there's adjustments per patient, but just to get people's brains going specifically for hip labral tear repair. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I didn't work with her from the get go, but I have worked with playing of dancer hip things. Um, I think from the start, once you have, you know, normalized hip mobility from a joint mobilization perspective, Oh, is it getting choppy? I think it's getting, it's getting choppy, but um, it's coming through. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, once they're able to perform standing exercises and they're able to be weight bearing, I will start making modifications to the exercises to make them more dance specific, mostly targeting like posterior glute med, the deep external hip rotators and getting the center of rotation of the hip to be neutral. So she's not getting that anterior glide in her hip every time she goes to flex her hip, which is a huge issue. Um, so, for like students out there, like when we all know like sidesteps, we all, we all do it. We've all been there. So like have them do a lap of sidesteps and then take them to first position and have them do a lap of sidesteps and then take them to fifth position and have them do a lap of sidesteps and then let them take a break, have them go on releve and do the same task. So I think, I think you get a lot more buy in that way. I think they learn that you know what you're talking about, which is very important in PT. If they don't trust you, then you're not going to get where you want to be. Right. Um, out. From there, yeah, they're out. Yeah. Um, from there, we started on basic ballet tasks, just like plie, tendu, rond de jambe, dégagé at a bar. And then once that was mastered, we took her leg up to 90. Um, and worked in all the positions. Once that was down pat, we moved to the center and said, can you take these exercises from the bar and go to the center? So working through the same progression, because we know you're not going to have a bar during a performance, you know? So that's where we've been thus far. Um, that being said, we've been trying really hard to come up with return to jumping criteria for this dancer. There are, it's a ton of research about ACL specific return to sport criteria, right? But I have dived into the literature very deeply and there is really nothing about return to jumping for dancers. Um, there are a couple case reports out there, but there's nothing that says that there are these objective measurements that are going to help the dancer be safe when she starts to jump. Cause at least our girl doesn't want to run. So we don't need, return to run criteria, which most dancers probably won't need anyways, but how can we be safe 
in letting her start to jump. So I think that's where I'm struggling the most is coming up with those criteria and knowing that she will be safe once she makes that transition. So if you have any thoughts on that, I would love to hear. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely, um, uh, I'll talk to, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take you through that in more detail, but what you, um, uh, we'll do, we'll talk about it af- afterwards just because that's, you know, mm-hmm. a process. But, um, that being said, the idea for it when taking a person to return to jumps is having them think of it like you have a broken foot and you slowly become more and more weight bearing. And, and th- that process mm-hmm. is that, but for jumps. So say you have a bed or a countertop, have them lean forward straight back. <laughs> Don't want that hunchback. Lean forward, put as much weight as they want. Yeah and jump so they could be putting like all their weight on there and they jump and slowly more 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 over time this is if you have no machines there are those machines where you can have them laying down you know those are great but if you don't this is how they can modify do it at home and um and so it's less 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 less, two feet until they're up 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 then they are on there then they're and then they're fully weight bearing and, you know, and that's how you do it. That's literally how you progress to it. Just slowly yeah. putting on that weight. Yeah. Then the same thing, yeah. single leg. Now, a thing that you need to remember with yeah. is you need them to, to um, work on um, things like squats and stuff. You need to check ankle mobility, big toe mobility, um, because when they are doing plies alone, if they are lock- lacking in those areas, it will be bouncing up to the knee and up to the hip to have even more range. So you need to see if there is lacking movement down there because that could go up the chain. Um, There's other things to consider as well, which you you were addressing with the gliding of the hip joint and muscles around that area to address too. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, that makes sense why it's not gliding, Um, which is is brilliant. Um, But that is, I feel like I explained it pretty well. Yeah. Um, no, that, I, I totally agree with you. I totally that is, agree. That is, progressing, just, that is progressing to jumps. And then if you need to modify even more so, say biomechanically, you can even start laying down with their feet on the wall and then just practicing with their feet for even coordination if they're they're not getting the right feedback initially and it's a really hot mess. Right. Um, of course, uh, elevés would come first. Plié relevés would come second. Um just uh, double leg, single leg, and then going into the jumps after that. Um, the yeah. progression after that, That's just going backwards a little bit. Yeah. Um, does that help? Does that help? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And we've been doing that. Yeah. So, but I get what you mean by wanting to have something solid in literature. I get that. I get that. And, yeah. and when people talk to me about the research, I always tell them where to look it up because I'm not going to do your homework for you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, and that's International Association of Dance Medicine and Science. If you don't have, a, of course, JOSBT, but that the IADAMS has a massive library. That's, you need to join that. It's amazing. Um, I think, is it like a hundred a year to be part of it? I think so. It's cheap if you're a student. I know that. It's yeah, it was really cheap. A I don't know. I just pay for it now. Um, I'm like, okay. I know. Here's my money. Like, I need you, so. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? I kept digressing, but, but, you know, wanting everything to be research-based, I, I mean, 
that's going to, that as much as that's good and important, it can also hold you back because then, oh, look, you're never going to get them to full function. So you have to be willing and, and, and okay with not having everything that's research-based because it's just, we're not there yet, but we're better than we used to be. We're a yeah. lot better than we used to be. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, oh God, I don't think, I don't think I have anything else to that. Uh, so at this point, uh, how, when she asks you how much longer, that's always the question. What do you say? Mm -hmm. Well, I say that my prediction at this point is towards the end of April. Um, thankfully she already has plans in place for where she will go next. And they've already made connections with that place. And the goal is that we would slowly transition care from us to that company and that the teacher will work with her in more of a private setting to coach her back mm -hmm. to, you know, at least a level where she can take class and be with others. Um, I think it is hard as a dance physical therapist to prove that she needs to stay in our care when we're working on dance specific tasks. But I think I've had to work hard on being confident that just because we're working on Tandu's and plies doesn't mean that she can go to a class and do them. She still has huge strength deficits, huge balance deficits that need to be addressed. Um, so it's a process, but I think communication with the teacher, with the company, wherever they're going to is vital. Um, and just getting them on board with what we're doing. How is it with insurance? Thankfully with her, it's not an issue. Oh, um, that's great. She's, she's covered. Yeah. That's really cool. That can become a massive issue um, when when treating a patient and you won't get them as long as you need to get them to full function. Because I'd be like, who cares about them doing a bronchite? I don't care. They can walk. We're fine. Next. Right. So, um, right. So, so yeah, it's, insurance can become a, a massive obstacle. Never, ever be afraid to um, show that to a fellow employee or mark out the name of your patient and get feedback from someone. If you have to send forward some writing, Ooh, which reminds me, I'm going to send you, as you sent me something, I'm going to send you something I, I'm, I've written to an insurance company right now uh, to fight for a patient. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> as part of the, it's part of the life, yeah. guys, it's part of the life. Anyway, yeah. Well, that's it for just talking today. Once again, feel free to write any questions down below so she can answer them. Thank you so much for coming on, Danielle. You're the best. Of course. Thank you for having me. Good to ah, see you. You're amazing. All right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, everyone. All right.